Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for worship today. We've got some more folks that are going to be coming in over the next few minutes. We're glad to have you. Thank you for uh, joining us here at Flagstone. For those of you who join us online, thank you for getting up and clicking on and, and joining us for worship as well. Uh, just a few things to let you know about here in, uh, as we meet together in this room for worship this morning. First of all, uh, we have um, child care available for all of our uh, kids third grade and younger. So if you got uh, any kids with you uh, at any time during our worship time today, if you want to take advantage of that, you go right across our lobby to the Children's Center, and you can check them in. we got volunteers that are ready to take care of them and have activities for them while you continue to worship with us. So feel free to take advantage of that, whether that's during our song service, during our time of the Word, whatever it is, uh, feel free to, to, to use that if you need to. If you want to keep your kids with you, you're more than welcome to do that. I want you to know we do have activity bags available uh, for our younger kids, if you go right out this door and right on the other side of that wall right there are activity bags uh, that have, you know, crayons and, and things to draw and things to keep uh, kids engaged while you continue to engage and worship with us. So I wanted you to be aware of that um, as well. On your seats, uh, on every other chair, there should be one of our bulletins. And if, uh, we'd love for uh, at least uh, one per family to go to uh, each, each family here. If you open that up, if you see on the inside, there's a whole lot of different information about things that are going on with our church family, some things going on with our, with our team ministry, some different activities for our church family that are coming up this week and over the next few weeks. And so we, we would love for you to, to take this with you and make sure that you know some things that are going on and, and are planning for those things, planning to be a part of them, maybe even inviting other people to be a part of them as well. One thing I do want to draw your attention to, especially if you're one of our guests with us today, up here in this corner uh, is a QR code. And if you just take your phone out and... Click on that QR code for us, especially if you're if this is one of your first or second times to be with us. Um, that will bring up a form where you can just share with us your contact information. And uh, we'd love for you to do that. It won't take you about 30 seconds to do that. If you would do that right now, we'd appreciate that. And that just lets, you know who, let, lets us know who you are and uh, gives us the opportunity to reach back out to you, say thanks for coming, thanks for being part of our worship. Is there anything else we can let you know about our church family? So if you haven't done that yet, if you're a guest with us today, please take the time to do that um, right now. And then, as I said, a lot more information in there. we got our, our trunk retreat coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, we're collecting gift cards for the Gates family that just had uh, their new baby. we got the Pack Shack coming up in a few weeks. we got a lot of different things going on with our church family. So make sure that you take one of these with you. Uh, take one for your family and, and know what's going on with our church family and, and plan to join us for as many of those things as you can. The last thing I want to let you know about, we will be taking communion together this morning. We'll have some thoughts and a prayer for our community time. And then when it's time to take communion, there should be a cup on your chair when you sat down. And uh, if you'll peel off the first lid, uh, the wafer is there, and then peel off the second lid and drink the juice, and that's how we'll take communion together. So when that time comes, that's how we'll do that. Why don't you be aware of that beforehand? I think that's all the things I need to share with you before we start our worship time this morning. Um, I'll, I'll, mention, I'll acknowledge it now. I'll probably acknowledge it again when I get back up to, to share some things with you from, from Scripture today. I, I don't know what this is going to look like on the computer screen or how it looks uh, on stage right now, but I'm just going to go ahead and acknowledge this side of my face is a lot redder than this side of my face this morning, okay? I was at the Arkansas game yesterday. I uh, took the word of the illustrious weather app that I have that told me it was going to be cold, and it wasn't, and it was hot, and the sun was out, which is great for watching football, but I burned my face in the process. So I know, if you're wondering, does he know how red his face is? I know. I know how red it is. I'm aware. So uh, I just want to go ahead and get that out of the way. We're both aware of it now. 
<laughs> and uh, I'm re- I, even with the way the ball game turned out yesterday, I'm ready to worship with you guys this morning. I'm excited for a beautiful morning outside, and I'm excited for the opportunity to be with you guys inside this room today and online today, praising our God together. So let's pray. Let's ask God to bless our worship, and then let's begin singing praises to Him. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the opportunity to be together. Thank you for the guests that you have sent to us today and maybe even the guests that are joining us online today. Thank you, uh, God, for for bringing us together this morning. I I believe, God, this is not by um, accident that you have a purpose in bringing us here to this place, uh, to this time today. And so may we feel your presence as we worship you. May we hear your voice speak to us today. May we uh, see the direction that you're leading us and, and, and hear you calling us uh, in the direction that you want us to go. And God, if there's things that are in our lives right now that would keep us from feeling your presence, from hearing your voice, I pray that as we worship you today, you would start to break some of those things down and take some of those things away so that we can clearly see uh, what you want us to do and who it is that you are making us to be. God, just bless our time of worship. May we bring glory to your name. Uh, may everything that we do today bring Bring praise and honor to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get on our feet, folks. Lord, the people praise you. Lord, the people praise you. Lift you up and raise you. Lift you up and raise you.
good to let my eyes adjust, so that's why I just take all the time I need up here to let my eyes adjust to the lights. <clears throat> um, 
In just a few moments, we'll be taking communion, and I, I wanted to share a few thoughts with you uh, later today. Marshall's going to be talking to us about having good goals, but not being so great on the follow-through. And all of us as humans can think about that and can relate to that. Marshall reached out to me via text a few days ago and asked if I could uh, lead our communion thoughts, and he told me what he was going to be talking about. And I just, I kind of snapped back a quick text whenever he told me that lesson thought about good goals but not so good follow-through. And I said, well, good thing Christ followed through, you know, like a real quick text back. And he goes, yeah, but he didn't have to. And so it just got me to thinking. And it got me to thinking about, you know, just how he didn't have to. And it's really hard for me to understand sometimes how, you know, Christ was fully God and fully human all at the same time, and I definitely don't comprehend that. I think it's easier for me to rationalize or think of him more as a robot sometimes, that he had no choice. He was just fulfilling, you know, his whole purpose, but he didn't really have a whole lot of say in the matter, but we actually see in Scripture where that, that wasn't the case. So I have just a, a few Scriptures to kind of share on that thought. And, uh, and then I'll pray. But in Luke 22, we see Jesus in the garden, and he's saying, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And also over in Mark 14, we, we see the same thing. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And so these verses really show to me, you know, the human side of Christ. And the, and the real struggle, the tension there that he was, he was facing. We, we read over in John 10 um, where Christ, you know, he, this whole idea of him being a robot or not having free will. So we see in this passage where that definitely wasn't the case. John chapter 10 beginning in verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just, to the, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I, lay my, and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. Last scripture I want to share this morning is over in Romans 5. And praise God for this. Romans 5 and verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners... Christ died for us. If you would, bow with me. Dear God, thank you so much for this opportunity to come and to worship you this morning. Uh, be with us now as, as we commune around, uh, as we commune together and remember your great sacrifice for us. We're so thankful for it. Uh, we know that, that you freely chose to do it. We just read about how you, um, you did it on your own accord. No one made you do it. And we're so thankful for that. We're so thankful for your love and for your forgiveness. 
We're so grateful for your power, your power over death, your power to forgive sins. And uh, just be with us as we uh, remember these things this morning. We thank you for this juice and bread, which represents your blood and your body that you freely gave for us. And help us to uh, look to the future and hope and hope of the resurrection and uh, the great power that that has for us and the, the power that that has to change lives. Help us to never lose, lose faith in that. And we are just so grateful again for all that you've done for us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. I sing praises to your name, O Lord, praises to your name, O Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name, O Lord, praises to your name.
So the question for you this morning, and I want you, uh, I know we need to be um, careful with COVID and stuff, so don't necessarily get right in somebody's face to answer, but I want you to share with people sitting next to you, maybe family members, maybe friends, uh, you might have to turn around to somebody sitting behind you, maybe total strangers, I want you to tell somebody, uh, when, you were, when you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up? And let me, let me before you start... Let me say, maybe, maybe it's a question for now. What do you want to be now? <laughs> you know, we say, when I grow up. Well, I got this other goal, like, you know, when I grow up, next week, next year. Uh, what, do you want, what did you want to be when you grow up? And all of you who are watching online right now, I'd love for you to put in the comments. I want to get some answers, hopefully get some answers, feedback from you guys. What did you want to be when you grow up? Take about, I don't know, 20 seconds or so. Share with people around you. What did you want to be when you, when you grew up? On your mark, say go. Okay, it sounds like there were lots of things that lots of different people wanted to be when they grew up. So, I don't know, somebody just call it out. What did you want to be? Somebody yell it out. What was it, Bill? You want to be retired when you grew up. What else? A rocket scientist. Did you say scientist? Yeah, what else? A nurse. Good, what else? A teacher. What else? What? An evangelist? A band director. That's different than an evangelist for sure. Yeah. What? I don't know what that is. Oh, Hulk smash. I'm sorry. I want to be able to hear better when I grow up. That's what I want. My goodness. Okay. So we got lots of different things. I don't know, like, you know, when I was a kid, it, it varied. You know, when I was playing baseball, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. When I was playing basketball, I wanted to be a professional basketball player. At, you know, when I went to my dad's auctions, at one point I wanted to be an auctioneer, and then I realized that's a lot of hard work that I don't really want to do, so I can kind of let go of that dream. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I know Christy was sitting over here. I don't know if she told people, but when she was a kid, she and her brother, their goal, they were going to be trash truck drivers. Well, he was going to drive the trash truck, and she was going to be on the back grabbing the trash cans as they drove by. Uh, you know, that was, they were going to be the dynamic duo of trash people, I guess, uh, when they grew up. That was the goal. One thing that I did not, I did not want to be, like, was dead set against, even, when, even moving into college and even into, like, you know, first starting full-time ministry, I did not want to be the guy who gets up and preaches every Sunday and works with, you know, adult ministry and all that kind of stuff. That's... Did not want to do that. So, obviously, that worked out the way it was supposed to, I guess. Um, we, had these, we had these goals, you know, when we were kids. And, and maybe some of us did exactly what we thought we were going to do. And we, we got on the path and we moved that direction. And maybe some of us, you know, uh, you know things kind of took a turn compared to what we thought was going to happen um, when we were younger. I want to share with you, I found, uh, I was looking on couple of different websites, and I found this one website that gave a list of 
just different things, you know, different uh, classrooms all across the country, preschool, elementary school, when they would do this kind of, you know, question for the kids, like, what do you want to be or what are your goals or when you get to be a certain age, what's that going to look like? And I just want to share with you uh, some of the answers that I found on a couple of these websites. So there was a first grader who was asked, what are three things you want to do in the future? Number one, get a girlfriend. Number two, kiss her. Number three, rule the world. Okay. Third grader, when I grow up, I want to, number one, succeed in herpetology. I didn't even look up what herpetology is, so somebody can tell me what that is later. Succeed in herpetology. Number two, have a wife and kids. Number three, breed dragons. Some preschoolers were, were asked, when I grow up, and just kind of fill in the blank. So when I grow up, this one preschooler said, when I grow up, I want to be a dog. Another preschooler said, when I grow up, I want to be a mailbox. Another one said, when I grow up, I want to get a hat and put it on. So big goals in life for that kid right there. A 12-year-old, 12-year-old, uh, class of 12-year-olds were asked, what are, you, what are you going to be doing in 20 years? In 20 years, I will be 32 years old and working at Kmart. Not bad. Maybe, I don't know, maybe really realistic. Kindergartner, if I could choose any, if I could choose to be any age, I would be, you know, and then you fill in the blank what age, and then you tell why. So this kindergartner said, if I could choose to be any age, I would be 29, because then I could cut my own food. That's a good goal to have. Six-year-old gave these life goals. Number one, play the accordion. Number two, play professional soccer. Number three, learn to fly. And number four, get an iPhone. So good life goals to have. Uh, one kindergartner said, when I grow up, I will be a truck driver. I will load the trucks, and I will wear a Ninja Turtles uniform. <laughs> and then a second grader, a class of second graders were asked, what, was life, what would life be like if they lived to be 100 years old? So when I'm 100 years old, I will play Uno with my grandchildren. I will wear a sweater all the time. I will take naps every day. I will take my wife to Pizza Hut for dinner. So, hey, if you're doing that at 100 years old, more power to you. You know what I'm saying? We have these goals. We have these pictures in mind of, of, of who we're going to be and how our lives are going to turn out. And maybe those aren't always, you know, completely accurate. Or maybe they are different you know, as you get older, and, and now that a lot of us, you know, high school, college, adults, those things have changed, or maybe we look back and go, man, that was really, that was kind of a dumb goal to have, or maybe we look back and go, man, that was a really good goal, and I don't know, I don't know what happened to that, and I want us to be thinking about just kind of some of the, some of the visions that we have for our lives, some of the goals we have set for ourselves uh, at different times in our lives, maybe when we were younger, maybe even more recently, as we are reminded of this series that we're going through, Missing the Mark, we started talking about this last week. Missing the Mark of having good intentions, but then not so good results. Those times when we thought, this is what I'm shooting for, this is what I'm trying to accomplish, and then we just don't, we just don't quite get there. And maybe, maybe we make an effort, uh, maybe we just you know, go a completely different direction, maybe we fail horribly. Whatever it is, we don't quite get whatever it was we had intended to get. We don't go quite the direction that we thought we were going to go. And it could, that could be, you know, in our jobs. That could be in different relationships, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our, in our faith. 
just lots of different aspects of our lives where we, where we feel like we missed the mark. Now, last week we talked about how we missed the mark just in sharing our faith, just in having the good news that we have, and, and maybe not being so good on the delivery. That we recognize this amazing message that we have, the grace of Jesus, but maybe we're struggling, maybe a lot of us are struggling with how we deliver that message and, and, and how we can get better at that. That's what we talked about last week. So if you missed out on that, I would invite you to go back, go on our YouTube channel or our Facebook page and go back and, and listen to some of the things that we shared um, about that last week. Now, this, this morning, we're going to look at another aspect of our lives where we sometimes miss the mark and when we have good intentions but not so good results. And so um, today, as uh, Jake already mentioned his communion thoughts, we're going to talk about the good goals that we have, the good goals that we set for ourselves. And, and then when it comes to meeting those expectations, you know, we're, we're not so good sometimes on the follow-through. We have, we have good intentions. We have good goals. We have things that we want to accomplish. We just don't, we don't always follow through on those things. And it could be, you know, any number of aspects of our lives. I mean, it could be some physical goals that we have. We want to lose weight. We want to exercise more. We want to, you know, get, you know, better heart healthy. Uh, we want to read more. We want to improve our education. Maybe even, you know, just, uh, you know, projects around the home that we say we're going to get to. We say we're going to get done. We have these goals of all the things that we want to accomplish, you know, for ourselves. And, and we just, you know, we may not quite get there. We have financial goals sometimes. We want to get out of debt. We want to... Spend, spend less and save more. We want to not waste money on, on maybe some frivolous things. We want to invest for the future. We want to start giving more. We want to work to get a better job so we're not, we don't feel like we're living paycheck to paycheck or less than that you know, all the time. Those are good goals to have. Some of us have relationship goals. I've got these friendships, but I want to improve them. I want to feel closer to these folks. I want to be able to trust them and them feel like they can trust me. I'm dating this person right now, and I want that to be better. I want our relationship to, to grow stronger, and I, I have goals of how to do that. I, I want to be a better spouse. I want to do a better job of, of really focusing on my marriage and really being a blessing to this person that I've committed the rest of my life to. I want to be a better parent. I want to do a better job of being patient and, and using some wisdom and, and uh, trusting my kids and gaining their trust. I want to be a better kid. I want to do a better job of getting along better with my siblings, with my, with my parents. I want there to be some more peace in the family. Maybe we got emotional goals that, that we have for ourselves. I just don't want to be so critical all the time. I don't want to be judgmental. I want to work on being more positive. I want to get rid of this depression. I want to work on this anxiety that I keep giving into. I want to feel, I want to feel some more peace uh, and some more joy in, in my life. I want to work on just my self-esteem, feeling better about myself, feeling more confident in myself. Maybe there's some spiritual goals that we have. I want to read Scripture more. I want to understand Scripture more. I want to spend more time in prayer. I want to, I want to get involved in, in, a, in a Bible class and a connection group so I can, so I can build my faith. So I can help other people build theirs. I want to volunteer. I want to serve. I want to be a blessing to other people's lives. All these different things I mentioned, the list could go on. We have these goals for ourselves, and they're good goals. And it would be awesome for some of us to improve these different aspects of our lives. And we look, at, we look at some of those things. We go, okay, here's where I am now. Here's where I want to be. And, and we might even have a plan. This is how I'm going to get there. These are the things that are going to have to change or to improve or to be tweaked or to be completely overhauled in my life so that I can get from here to here. And we see it and we recognize it. So why don't we accomplish it? 
Sometimes we do. I'm not saying we never accomplish our goals. We never, we never actually realize our dreams. Sometimes we do. But for many of us, it's a struggle when there's something specific in our lives that we want improvement in. We want to be better. We want to be, we want to be in a different place in that aspect of our lives and where we are now. And we just don't get there. And there could be a lot of reasons for that. There could be a lot of, of, of different things of why we, why we struggle following through on those things. We see it. We know where we want to go. Why don't we follow through on that? And maybe for some of us, it's just procrastination. We have these ideas. We have these visions of what we want to accomplish. We have this, we have this picture in mind. We just never get started. We just never start. We talk about it. We see other people accomplishing these things. We know what direction it is we want to go. We just don't ever actually uh, get started. And maybe we offer excuses. You know, I, I've got this going on or this is keeping me from it. We rationalize things and say, well, if this particular thing in my life was different, then I could accomplish this. If I had more time, if I had more energy, if I had more money, we, you know, have all these different uh, excuses. We have all these, you know, what we call the wins and thens. When, when this happens, then I'll do this. When it's the first of the year, when I get through the holidays, when I've, I've got a better job, when, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. When this happens, then I will do better at getting out of debt. Then I will do something about my health. Then I will do something about my, my faith and my spiritual walk with God. And whatever it is, whatever the excuses are, the rationalizations are, the when and then statements, whatever they are, it really boils down to procrastination. We just don't start. Some of us struggle with fear. It can our fear can cause us to hesitate. It can, it, can, it can cripple us. It can keep us from moving to action. One of the classic examples to me in Scripture of this is God's people fearing going into the promised land. God had rescued them from 400 years of slavery in Egypt. He had brought them with, with this amazing display of miracles and plagues that he sent against the nation of Egypt. And rescued them and brought them out, carried them through the wilderness, giving them water in the desert when there wasn't any. Giving them food in the desert when there wasn't any. Completely taking care of them against enemies that attacked them. Brings them to the, the Jordan River where they can look across and see this land that he's promised them. And he's already said, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to go in front of you. I'm going to drive these enemies out, and you're going to come and possess this land. And it's an amazing land. And he, sends, he has them send 12 spies, these 12 guys that go throughout the whole land to see what it's like. And they do. They go through, and they see all this, all this vegetation, all these places where they can grow crops and where they can take care of their livestock, and all these places where they can build cities and homes. And it's this amazing place to live. And they come back. This is in, in uh, Scripture in your Bibles in Numbers, chapter 13 and 14, if you want to look at it. And they come back, and they report to everybody the land is amazing. It really is a, an amazing place to live. It would be so awesome for us to live there. And, and God has brought us there. That's been the goal this whole time, to go from Egypt to here. That's the plan. That's where we're supposed to be. There's no way we can do it. What do you mean there's no way we can do it? Are you, the people that are there, they are huge. They are strong. They have weapons we don't have. They have cities, they have walls, they have all sorts of... There's no way we can do it. It was fear. Here's the goal, here's the vision, and it's not just kind of picturing your mind's eye, this wonderful land. They actually got to see it. 
Look where you can be. Look where you can build a new life for yourself. It's right there. Go take it. Ah, it'll never work. And we read that story. And we get, fr- I mean, at least I get frustrated. I'm like, God, ju- God just told you I will give it to you. Just get across the river and go get it. It's there. It's yours. Take it. Have it. No, we can't. It'll never work. And I'm so quick to be critical of that in the Israelites and not really recognize in my own life. When I have, when I have goals and I have visions, when I, when I feel like God is calling me to a certain direction or to go be engaged with a certain group of people or go do something different than what I'm doing and I can see it and I feel it. I mean, God's put it on my heart. This is the direction you need to go. This is the change you need to make. This is how your life is going to be, a ble- is going to be blessed. This is how you're going to be a blessing to somebody else. Ah, it'll never work. I'll fail. I'll screw it up. I tried that before and it didn't work. won't work this time. Whatever reasons I come up with, it boils down to fear. And I don't follow through on goals and visions because I'm too busy holding on to my fear of what what might happen. It hasn't even happened yet. Maybe it's just laziness. Some of us struggle with that, and we don't like to articulate it that way. But a lot of times the reason we don't follow through with what we're trying to accomplish, what we need to accomplish, just boils down to plain laziness. That's going to be hard. It's exhausting to make these changes. It's going to take a long time. I'd rather something happen right now. I'm not getting any immediate results, so, nah, never mind. Maybe it's not laziness. You know, similar to that is, is just comfort. Maybe comfort keeps me from, from following through. I'm really used to the way things are. I'm really comfortable where I am now. And it's not necessarily that I even like where I am now, but, I, but I'm used to it. It's just kind of the way my life is, so I'm just going to keep doing it. If you go in the book of Mark in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talk about the life of Jesus when he was here on this earth. In the book of Mark in chapter 10, there's a guy who comes to Jesus who has lots of money. Things have been going well for him, but he's just kind of worried. I don't know if I'm going to get eternal life. I don't know if I'm going to get this, this life of the ages, Jesus, that you keep talking about. How do I make sure that I'm doing that? And Jesus says, very simple, all you need to do is sell everything you have, go give it away, and then come follow me. That's uncomfortable. That's a stretch. And I know that Jesus, at least Mark doesn't tell us that Jesus went into more explanation. Yeah, but I'll take care of you. You're going, you're going to be fed. You're going to have some place to stay. You'll be taken care of. I'll make sure that you're taken care of. But just you're holding on to other stuff too tightly. You need to let it go and come follow me. Ah, that's, that's way out of my comfort zone. But you want to have eternal life. You want to have this life of the ages. You want to have this blessed life. Yeah, I do. Then get uncomfortable. No, thank you. And again, we see that story, we're like, man, how can that guy walk away when Jesus says, trust me? And, we're, and, and you see, you know, Jesus performing miracles and, and taking care of his disciples, and, and they've put their trust in him, and here's this one guy who has the opportunity to, and he walks away from it. Why? Because he's uncomfortable, and he doesn't even like where he's at in life right now. That's why he's asking the question, what must I do to get, you know, this eternal life, this blessed life? Okay, here's, here's what you do. Nah, I'd rather be miserable. 
I'd rather keep living the life that I'm living and hoping I get to where I need to be someday. Because I don't want to let go of what I've grown accustomed to. So I don't follow through. Some of us, you know, it really just boils down to whatever it is that we're wanting to accomplish, it's just more difficult than we thought it was going to be. This is hard. Quitting this addiction, making some changes in my health habits, making some financial changes in, in, in how I spend and how much I spend and where I spend, getting out of debt, having patience and not losing my temper, working to get further in my career, working to get a different job, doing better in my grades, doing better in my sports. And it's hard. It takes effort. And sometimes, especially if I don't get immediate gratification, if I don't get immediate results, man, this is, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. And if I run into obstacles and there's no, there's no immediate wins and it's taking a lot of time, a lot of energy, for some of us, we just end up quitting and walking away and we don't try anymore. We don't follow through. Why? Because <laughs> that was hard. I thought it was going to be a whole lot easier than it was. Some of us don't follow through because we, we can't deal with criticism. There's people that see the things that we're trying to accomplish, and, and, and they tell us, man, it's going to take a really long time. Or they tell us, man, you're not doing that right. I would do it totally different. Or they would just tell, and tell us it's a waste of time, and we tune into those messages. We hear the criticism. We feel the judgment from other, from other people. And so we decide, well, then it's just not worth it. I, I don't want to deal with the criticism, so I'm not going to even try. And for some of us, some of us, one of the reasons that we don't follow through is, is because of comparison. There's other people who, who are doing or, you know, what we want to end up doing or they're heading in that direction and maybe they're already successful at it and we don't feel that successful at it. Or maybe they're getting there a lot quicker than we are. Maybe they don't seem to be having the struggles with accomplishing this particular change in their lives that, that we're struggling with. And so because it's faster or it's easier or they're doing it better than I am, it just causes me to get frustrated and, and I start complaining and, and maybe I just walk away altogether. I just, I just quit trying. Why? Because I'm not them. And they seem to be doing this a whole lot better than I am. And, and again, that, I mean, we compare, oh, especially on our social media, we look at how much weight other people are losing. We look at the vacations other people are going on. We look at the successes that they're having at their jobs, the homes that they live in. And, and we're, we're changing. We're making some sacrifices in our own lives. We're trying to do better. But we see how they're already there or how it seemed to come a whole lot easier to them. We see these beautiful pictures of their family all getting along and ours is not. And we're trying to get there, but we're not there yet. And, and we get so frustrated because we're comparing ourselves to somebody else and we're not them. And so we just quit altogether. Because of comparison. Have I named your reason yet? Because the list could go on. And the reason that, I, that I, I'm trying to drive the point home this morning is I, I want us to recognize we've got a lot in common this morning when it comes to follow through or lack thereof. There's a lot of us that struggle in different aspects of our lives. Some of us are really good at follow through in, in this particular area of my life, but not in this one. 
And there's a lot of us that have these goals and these visions of who we could be and maybe even this sense of who God is shaping us into, but we just don't follow through. We don't get there. We don't keep moving that direction for a variety of different reasons. And it's a common struggle. And if it's something that you're struggling with this morning, whether you're in this room or whether you're online with us, I, I want to say to you, welcome. You're surrounded by a whole group of people who struggle at different times in their lives with following through. So how do we do that better? How do we get better at that? How do we start getting better results when it comes to trying to accomplish our goals and making changes in our lives and doing something different than the way we've been doing? Let me give you some action steps very quickly this morning. Some things that, that can help you, help, I, I guess, be more consistent with the follow-through. The first thing that I would say is to make a plan. And that might sound really simplistic, but... but that may be one of the biggest things that some of us need to do is, is just to make a plan. We have the goal. We have the vision. I want, I want to stop this habit. I want to change this aspect of my life. I want to do this differently. I want to accomplish this. Whatever it is, we know where it is we're trying to get to, but we never make the plan of how to get there. And because there's no plan, we end up walking away frustrated because we never, we never had a strategy to accomplish it in the first place. I need to make a plan of how I'm going to accomplish this particular thing. How, you know, if I'm going to get out of debt, how am I going to change my spending habits? How am I going to spend more time with my kids? How am I going to improve my physical health? What's the plan? If it's going to require exercise, okay, when, when am I going to do that? What days? What times? Where? How is that going to take place? If I, if I need to, if there's some relationship goals that I have, do I need to get some therapy, some counseling for that? Okay, what's that going to take? Where am I going to go? How much is that going to cost? How am I going to accomplish that? What are some resources that I need to find? If you're going to work on being a better spouse, how am I going to do that? Do I just, do I just decide, hey, you know what, I'm just going to do this better and have no plan for how to accomplish that? Maybe I start out by asking my spouse, what needs to be better about me? How can, I, how can I be a better blessing to you? And then start making a plan for that. Same thing with parenting. Same thing with, with other you know, family relationships. If there's a project at work, this is something that we want to accomplish on the job. How are we going to get there? What checklist do we have? What dates do we need to write down? If I want to improve my relationship with God, how am I going to do that? Is that more prayer? How is that going to happen? When am I going to, when, when am I going to designate my time to tune everything else out and spend some time with God in prayer? Do I need to read more scripture? How is that going to happen? Morning? Night? Is it going to be audio? Am I going to use paper? Am I going to use an app? What, how am I going to do that? And again, I'm driving the point home. We've got, to, we've got to be specific. Write things down. Put stuff on the calendar. Make notes to ourselves. Make a plan of how we're going to accomplish this thing. Solomon says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 16, wise people think before they act. Fools don't and even brag about their foolishness. It is foolish for me to go, that's what I want to accomplish. How are you going to get there? I don't know, but I'll just get there. Just want you all to know the button broke on my sleeve just now, so I'm going to go ahead and roll that up real quick. <laughs> so it doesn't flap around on me. I got to make a plan. I got to be specific. It is foolish for me just to go, ah, I'll get there one of these days. It'll just happen. It doesn't just happen. What's the strategy? How am I going to get there? The second thing I need to do once I make a plan, 
And this may even sound more simplistic than anything else that I've said to this point. I need to start. I need to actually start. And I may have to start again. I may not, I may not start off on the, uh, on the right foot. Things may you know, fall apart right from the beginning. Okay, let's start again. Let me start over. But start. Don't just keep talking about it. Don't just keep wishing for things. Don't just keep comparing myself to somebody else and going, you know, I wish I had what they had. I wish things happened to me the way that they happened you know, for them. I have these goals, and I just can't seem to get there. Have you started? Have you started working on it at all? Have you taken any action so far? And for some of us, that may be the biggest thing to help us in, in the follow-through is to start. I came across uh, a, a piece that a, a psychologist wrote about, and he, I'd never heard this term before, but he called it the friction of starting. And how that, that works against us a lot, this friction of starting. This, when you got something that's not moving and you've you got to push it to get it going. And there's this friction that's working against you. To even get the thing moving. And once you get the thing moving, now it gains some momentum. Now things start moving forward. And he said maybe for some people, the most difficult thing is not the challenges while you're working towards accomplishing a goal. It's the friction of starting in the first place. You think about a car, the battery has died, and you got to push it down the road. What's the hardest part about that sometimes? Not once you get it rolling and moving down the road. It's getting it started in the first place. Same concept when it comes to the goals and the things that we want to change about our lives and ourselves. Sometimes that, that friction of starting is, is the biggest obstacle we have to overcome. Going back to Solomon again, in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23, he says, All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. If all I do is talk about how I wish things were, if all I do is talk about the things that I want to accomplish, I'm going to end up coming up empty. I'm never going to move forward. I'm never going to make any changes. Nothing's going to be different until I actually start taking action to make things different. So make a plan and then start. And then number three, lean into the difficulties. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be things that get in the way. And instead of allowing those things to stop me dead, and instead of allowing those things to make me quit and walk away altogether, I need to lean into them. If there's a challenge that I'm wanting to, to move past in a particular relationship, whether it's my marriage or a day relationship or a friendship, I want to get past this thing that we keep getting stuck on, whether that's communication or some anger, some resentment, uh, you know, losing patience, uh, taking each other for granted, whatever that particular thing is, that's gonna, the, the, the problems are going to keep coming. There's going to be difficulties. It's not just going to be a snap of the fingers go, oh, look at that. Everything's so much better. I just accomplished my goal. No, it's going to be difficult. There's going to be challenges. Lean into those things instead of walking away from them, instead of running from them. And we talked about this concept of leaning into difficulties earlier this year. And talking about, you know, what, what we mean by leaning into is when, when the wind is blowing, there's a place I want to get to and the wind is driving at me. How am I going to get there? i got to lean forward and keep taking steps forward, lean into the wind instead of allowing it to blow me back. When there's challenges and difficulties that come up, when I'm trying to change something about myself, do something different, accomplish a goal, I need to lean into the difficulty instead of letting it completely shut me down. The problem is only going to get worse if I don't walk through it. 
and get on the other side of it. So lean into it. James says in the New Testament towards the end of your Bibles, in the book of James chapter 1 and verse 4, he says, perseverance must finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. He says, you got to persevere. you got to lean into it. you got to keep moving, keep walking forward. Finish. Get through the obstacle. Get on the other side of it so that you can accomplish what it was that you set out to accomplish in the first place. So I need to make a plan. I need to start. I need to lean into the difficulties. I need to readjust my goals if necessary. Sometimes I don't end up following through on the goals because they weren't going well and the plan wasn't working. So instead of tweaking anything, instead of making any changes, I just completely quit on the plan altogether. I just threw my hands up like, you know what, never mind, I quit. I'm done. And sometimes I might have to completely overhaul whatever the strategy was. And sometimes I may just meet, need to make, you know, some small changes. Or sometimes it's not even making necessarily some changes. I just need to make some smaller goals on the way to accomplishing this overall goal. Does that make sense? So maybe not, you know, big broad statements of, you know, I'm, I'm going to exercise more. Making smaller goals like I'm going to exercise this week. Maybe even break that down. I'm going to exercise three days this week. Maybe break that down. I'm going to go walking for 30 minutes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday this week. You know, make smaller goals so that I accomplish the bigger goal. I want to be a better spouse. That's a really broad goal. It's a good goal to have. How am I going to work on that? Well, I'm going to... Be more patient. Well, let's readjust that. I'm not going to fly off the handle when my spouse does something or says something that upsets me. Okay, well, let's make that a smaller goal. I'm going to count to 10. Let's make that an even smaller goal. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to think before I say whatever it is that's on my mind to say. I mean, make the smaller goals, readjust. This is what Paul even suggested to us in, in Ephesians chapter 4. Paul tells the people in, in the Ephesian church, he says, you know, you have, when you became Christians, you had this old self, and then you became a Christian, you had this new self. So go be this new person. Well, that's a really broad goal. Live a life that Jesus is calling you to live. That's a really broad, good goal to have. But then if you start in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25, and continue on through verse 32. Here's the things that Paul says. He makes smaller goals. Be sincere. Be honest. Let go of your anger. Don't steal. Be productive. Stop being negative. Don't be critical. Let go of grudges. Say encouraging things. Show compassion. Forgive people. And we could take all of those statements, all of those different things from Paul and go, okay, how can I do how can I do those things better? And we might, I might even have to go, okay, I'm going to pick one of those things to work on right now and start doing better at that. I'm going to readjust my goals if I need to so that I don't quit and walk away. I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to start implementing the plan. I'm going to readjust. I'm going to lean into the difficulties. And I also need to make sure that I know my why. I need to know for sure why I'm doing this. Why is this my goal? What is it that I'm, that I'm trying to accomplish? Why is this the direction that I'm going? Why am I making this change in my life? Why am I committing to this purpose? And if I don't know why, then I'm probably going to get frustrated and I'm going to keep doing the thing that I have started out doing. I'm not going to follow through because I lost track of my why. Why am I doing this? 
Going back to the book of Mark, again in Mark chapter 6, when you get to Mark chapter 6, all the, several chapters before that, you read about Jesus going and, and performing different miracles and teaching lots of people and performing more miracles and teaching lots of people and enduring a storm and raising the dead and dealing with demon-possessed people and blessing his disciples with the ability to go out and preach and teach and perform miracles while he continues to go out and preach and teach and perform miracles. And they all get back together in Mark chapter 6, and Jesus says, you know what? We need a break. And he says, let's get off by ourselves for a little bit. So they get in a boat and they start going across the lake. But the people are so enamored with Jesus and the things that he's teaching, the miracles that he's performing, that they run on dry land all the way around over to the other side of the lake. And they're waiting for him when he gets there. And in Mark chapter 6 and verse 34 says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began teaching them many things. Jesus kept teaching people. Because he was consistently aware of his why. He looked at this crowd, and Scripture says he looked at him and says, they're sheep without a shepherd. They need some leadership. They need some guidance. They need compassion. They need help. And even though there were times when Jesus wanted to step away, wanted to take a break, wanted maybe even to walk away from what he was doing, he remembered the why. This is why I'm doing this. This is why I came. This is why I'm here. This is why I'm talking. This is why I'm spending time with these folks. So that they can feel love. So that they can experience grace. So that, I can, so that I can save them. I need to remember whatever it is. Whatever it is that is my why for doing this. I need to keep that in mind. If I'm going to be consistent with the follow through. And the last thing, the last thing that will help me with my follow through is to actually get help. I don't need to feel like I have to do this alone. I don't have to work on this, this goal by myself. I might need to get some help. I might need to get some therapy, some counseling. I might need to get some mentors who have gone through whatever it is that I'm going through, who have accomplished whatever it is that I'm trying to accomplish. I need to find some trainers. I need to maybe get a financial advisor. I need to find a friend at church. I need to find somebody, maybe several somebodies. Who can, who can hold me accountable, who can help me, who can encourage me, who can lovingly get me pointed in the right direction when I start going off the path. I need help. One more time in Proverbs, Solomon says in chapter 15, verse 22, plans go wrong for a lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. I don't necessarily need a ton of advisors, but I need some people in my life to help me accomplish this thing. I'm going to be more likely to follow through if I have help following through. I don't know I don't know what all what all of our goals are in this moment. But I would imagine with this many people in this room, people join us online, there's some things that many of us could look at and go this thing needs to be different. It could be better. It could be stronger. It could be healthier. Whatever it is, you know what that is. You see it. You have the goal. You have the vision. We just need to get better at not missing the mark with our follow-through. Of sticking to it of continuing to move forward.
of leaning into the difficulties. And even when we fall down, getting back up and trying again. Ultimately, maybe the best place to find help, maybe the best place to help us get started is with our God. And I say that, and as soon as those words come out of my mouth, I know that there are some people going, well, of course you're going to say that. You're a preacher. And this is church, and it's Sunday morning, so sure we're going to bring... We're going to bring God into this. Yeah, we are. Because I, I believe, I'm, I'm not just saying this as paid clergy. I really believe that if there's something that needs a change in my life, the first place I start with, first place I need to start is with God. To ask him, God, is this the direction that you're leading me? Is this the change that I need to make? And try to ask for some clarity for that. And then if I recognize this is what needs to be different, this is the change that needs to happen, to ask Almighty God, the creator of the universe, if he'll help. It's a pretty good resource. For him to, to miraculously help me and empower me to, to do this particular thing, for him to put the help in my life, for him to send me the mentors, the encouragers, the people that I need to help me accomplish this, for him to make it obvious to me the direction they need to go and how, how to get started on those things, for him to give me the strength to get through the difficulty and get on the other side of it. I need my God to help me with the follow-through. There's a story that's told... And I'll wrap up with this. In, in the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, God's people, the people of Judah, are surrounded by a couple of other nations. And a couple of these nations decide they're going to attack Judah. And they have larger, more experienced armies. And there's a guy named Jehoshaphat as the king of, of Judah at the time. And he doesn't have an army that can compete with the armies that's get, that are getting ready to attack him. And he doesn't have a strategy. And he, I mean, he's looking at his kingdom about to be totally annihilated. And instead of talking to his generals and instead of talking to his advisors about how, what should we do, what should our strategy be, the first thing that Jehoshaphat does in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 is he goes to God. And he starts praying to God. And I want to share with you the last statement of his prayer. It's in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 12. Jehoshaphat prays this to God. He says, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Jehoshaphat's brutally honest here. God, we don't know what to do. We can't defeat this army. We don't have the resources. We don't have the knowledge. We don't know how to win. We don't know how to survive. So what are we going to do? We're going to keep our eyes on you. And just trust that you're going to do something. And God gave him a strategy. Load up your weapons. March out. I want to take care of you. But the first place that Jehoshaphat started was with his God. And the way that he worded it is awesome. God, we're going to keep focused on you. We're not going to focus on the obstacles. We're not going to focus on the danger. We're not going to focus on the potential failure. We're not going to focus on all the things we don't have. We're going to keep our eyes on you. Years ago, before we had kids, Christy and I were in Colorado, and we were going to go skiing, and we were following a couple of our friends from college down this back highway to Winter Park, Colorado. At nighttime, it was like 10 or 11 o'clock at night, in the middle of a blizzard. It's dumb. Uh, and, and matter of fact, there were multiple times where Christy, as, as I'm driving, is saying, 
let's just turn around. Let's go back. Let's, this is not worth it. And, of course, I kept going. And there were times that all I could see was the brake lights and the taillights of our buddies in the car in front of us. And I didn't look at the deep ravine that we were driving beside. And I didn't focus as, you know, very much on the snow blowing all around and the wind. I looked at those taillights. And I put my brakes on when he did. And I turned where he turned. And I kept going the same direction. We got to where we needed to go. That's all Jehoshaphat is saying here. God, you know the direction I need to go. You know how to empower me to be a better spouse, a better parent, a better friend. You know how to help me make better choices. You know how to help me walk away from this addiction that's held on to me for so long. You know how to help my heart, my attitude be better. I want to keep my eyes on you. And we'll go from there. So we're going to sing a song together. We're going to stand together when we sing it. When we do, if there's something in your life that needs to change, if there's something that needs to be different, there's a goal that you have, and there's been obstacles that have been getting in the way, there's been just a lack of, of wanting to stretch and get out of your comfort zone, uh, there's just something that's kept you from starting, if there's something that has caused you to stop heading that direction and just quit altogether, I want to encourage you this morning to feel free to come forward while we're singing and share that with us. And you will, you will be surrounded by people who have nothing but love and compassion for you because we've been there too. And we want to help. We want to help each other keep our eyes on Jesus so we can follow through on the direction that he's calling us to go. Can we help you this morning? We want to. Let us know how. While together we stand and sing. Did you more than yesterday, I need you more. More than words can say, I need you more. Marshall, thank you for those words. It is great to see everybody here today. If you're on online watching, thank you for watching that. Um, 
one of the things that came to mind of what uh, Marshall was talking about in his sermon is something that this leadership really believes in. We met on Monday night, and like we do a lot of times, we just tried to find out, hey, who needs help? How can we help somebody? How can, how can we help a group in that? How can we help our church family? And I want to let you know that if you didn't come forward, or if you need some help in some way, someone to just talk to, someone to pray with you, please let us know, because that's what this leadership is about. We want to help, okay, in that. Uh, they're going to be posting up here how to give, and uh, we appreciate the this congregation and the and the giving that you do for us. It makes our job so much easier and so much more effective in how we can help others. Um, I think that is all the words I need to say this morning. So let's uh, go to God in prayer, and uh, we'll have one more song. Dear and Father, we just come to you now. Just thank you for this opportunity to uh, be here this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to talk to you in prayer. Thank you for the opportunity to call you our God. Dear and Father, if there's someone that needs to uh, reach out, uh, please give them the strength to do so so that we can help them uh, reach their goals. Dear and Father, help us as a congregation to go out th to this day and this week and help others because that's what we want to do is spread your word, spread your love, and uh, let, let's do that this week. Dear Father, just thank you for the opportunity that we have to be here today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, let's stand before we go home and go eat lunch. Hey, you know last week I did a Sunday morning shout-out, I got another one. Jill Brightwood. It's been several years since she's participated on the praise team with us. Uh, she stayed home, been raising those beautiful babies of hers. Beautiful this morning. Beautiful this morning. And all the praise team, let's give them a big round of applause. <laughs> Over all the earth, you reign on high. Every mountain stream, every sunset sky. But my one request. Lord, my only aim is that you reign in me again. Lord, reign in me, reign in your power over all my dreams. In my darkest hour, you are the Lord of all I am. So won't you reign?